Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I know I sound like I'm in space. Who cares? It's the month of February. Black History Month. Black cinema. I always talk about black cinema all year long. But I figure, you know what? This is the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. And this show is a vessel. I'm a vessel. So we're just going to go into the history I think that everyone thinks it started with Hattie McDaniel winning that Oscar in 1940 for Gone with the Wind. She had to sit in the back. She wasn't allowed to go to the premiere in Atlanta. And that riled up Clark Gable, who loved her to death. I mean, you look at the scenes between Clark Gable and Hattie McDaniel. Oh, Mr. Red, you know, come on, come on. He gave her those petticoats. Let's go. But Hattie said, look, you have to go to the premiere. And she ended up winning the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. And it wasn't until 50-something years later, Whoopi Goldberg won that same category for Best Supporting Actress in 1991's Ghost. Well, 1990, but in 1991, she won. And so here we are in 2021, almost 20 years ago, Halle Halle Berry won Best Actress in a leading role for Monsters Ball. And it hasn't happened since. You know, that same night, Denzel Washington won for Best Actor 40 years after Sidney Poitier. And there have been many black actors who have won Best Actor. Jamie Foxx. Um, what was it? Um, Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Forrest Whitaker. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you know... <laughs> Where Halle Berry has only won one. Yeah. And that is the... That's the problem with the Academy. The Academy... Okay, here we go. Here's a list. Here's a list. Because we got to get this right. Okay. The 14 black actors who have won best... Or who have won Academy Awards. Hattie McDaniel, 1939. Sidney Poitier, 1963 for Lilies of the Field. Louis Gossett Jr., an officer and a gentleman. Denzel Washington, Glory. Whoopi Goldberg, Ghost. Cuba Gooding Jr., Jerry Maguire. Denzel Washington for Training Day. Halle Berry, Monsters Ball. Jamie Foxx for Ray. Morgan Freeman for Million Dollar Baby. Forrest Whitaker for The Last King of Scotland. Jennifer Hudson for Good Dreamgirls, Monique for Precious, Octavia Spencer for The Help, Lupita Nyong'o for 12 Years a Slave. So there have only been since... Okay, so in terms of lead, Sidney Poitier, Denzel Washington, Jamie Foxx, and Forrest Whitaker. And then for the women, Halle Berry. Oh, and let's not forget... The amazing mm. Yeah. 
You know, it's funny she's not mentioned. I think this list needs to be updated. Viola Davis. Viola Davis won for Fences, as did uh, Mahershio Ali, who has won twice for Moonlight, which is such a beautiful film. We're going to talk a lot about black cinema. And Moonlight is an interesting film because it also deals with bullying and homosexuality. Such a beautifully filmed, heartbreaking Shakespearean. It is. Oh my God. Barry Jenkins. Barry Jenkins. You know, we can talk about film now, black cinema. Back in the early days, there wasn't much to, to talk about. You know, there were silent films made by directors, black directors. There is a really great TCM host um, who does Sunday Night. I love silent films. I discovered them, you know, and there is a really great host of TCM who has these beautiful silent nights. Jacqueline Stewart, who is the host of Silent Sunday Nights. What an amazing host. I love her energy. Um, She's an author, an archivist, and film professor. Jacqueline Stewart. Yeah. Silent Sunday Nights. Stewart is a professor of the Department of Cinema and Media Studies at the University of Chicago, specializing in the history of African-American cinema from the silent era to present. A passionate film archivist and advocate for film preservation, she is a three-term appointee to the National Film Preservation Board, which advises the Librarian of Congress on film preservation policy, and is the chair of the NF. PB Diversity Task Force, working to ensure the films chosen for the National Film Registry reflect diversity and inclusion. Silent Sunday Nights has been a fixture on TCM from the very beginning when Buster Keaton's The Cameraman aired on April 17, 1994. Silent Sunday Night offers iconic movies from the silent era as well as forgotten gems and international classics. Spanning from the work of director Oscar McAvoo to pioneer Mabel Normand and the actor Douglas Fairbanks to filmmaker Robert Flanked Flatterly. Silent Sunday Nights includes both feature films and silent shorts. Jacqueline is a sharp and lively and has an illuminating depth of information. So tonight... We're going to talk about black cinema. Stay tuned. Dr. Zeus Film Podcast coming up for the month of February. And so we're back. Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, black cinema for the month of February. It should be all, all year long. This is interesting. Exploring the flickering forgotten past of African Americans in silent film. That's where we're going to start. An an estimated 80% of silent movies with all black casts are thought to be lost. But a new project is making sure the people who made them aren't. Silent films flickered across the screen in black and white. But popular memory memory of silent era is more white 
than black. But just how involved were African Americans in the early film industry anyway? It is a question that is not only just starting to be answered, and thanks to a new digital resource, the untold story of African Americans in silent film is finally beginning to be told. This is by Aaron Blakemore of the SmithsonianMagazine.com, November 8th, 2016. Early African American film, reconstructing the history of silent film race films, 1909 to 1930, is a website and database devoted to tracking the black filmmakers, actors, and artists who contributed to the early film industry. So far, the site tracks 759 African-American people who participated in the silent film industry and documents 303 silent films, 175 film companies, and dozens of resources on African-American participation in silent films. And like many good things, it was born of frustration on the part of researchers. When a group of UCLA students began to research early black filmmakers, they came up almost entirely blank. So they decided to pull together the scant resources that did exist and track black contributions to film founding days. They used special collections at the University of California, Los Angeles to research black filmmakers. Along the way, they uncovered an entirely unknown history, and their project took on additional relevance when social media came out in arms against Hollywood's lack of diversity. In January, the Academy Awards announced its 2015 nominees. None of the nominees for the top award categories were black, and the trend continued this year as well. The highly publicized Oscar So White backlash on Twitter and subsequent boycott brought attention to Hollywood's diversity problem and spurred the students to work even harder to uncover the untold stories of people of color who have always been a part of Hollywood. Oh yeah, because we made that. We made Hollywood. Through their accomplishments are not well known African Americans not only contributed to the silent film, but had an entire alternative film industry, race films. As they were called, were produced for black audiences and featured black cast, production companies, and crews. Since they existed outside of the white mainstream of the Burgoyne studio system, few race films crossed over to white audiences. Over the years, they faded from memory, and many never made it to history books the open source online resource collects information about little known remembered films from movies like within our gates which crossed over to white audiences in 1920 with its story of lynching and white supremacists thought to have been made in response to wd griffin's racist blockbuster birth of a nation to lottie grady a leading lady who sang for audiences during real changes in the early 1910s or teens it also maps relationships between filmmakers performers and others showcasing the close ties that made the early industry tick Race films may have been all but forgotten, but the new resource makes it possible for researchers to at least find a place to start as they look further into the lost history of these movies. But even as their history is better preserved, the films themselves are fading. Like many other silent films, many have been lost or destroyed. Only 20% 20 of silent movies made with all black casts are thought to survive today. 
The films may be threatened, but that doesn't mean that the memory of them has to be. Projects like the new database prove that people of color made serious contributions to films earliest days and more questions historians ask about their contributions. The likelier it is that they will be given the credit they deserve. So that's the beginning of the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast as we talk about black cinema from the beginning to now. And we'll be back in a bit. And so we're back on the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, Black Cinema, Mm. from the beginning to now, you know, but we are going to talk about a lot of heroes, and that, of course, is Lena Horne, Paul Robeson, Sidney Poitier. Patty McDaniel, you know, there is a story I saw on TCM and the gentleman, I want to reference him because, oh, he's such a fascinating author and he tells a story and we're going to get to Lena Horne and we're going to get to, I mean, Lena Horne, you know, what's interesting is, and her granddaughter has said this is that she recognized that her beauty was political and she had a problem with that and how she was this, you know, she was, she was the beginning of an, of a new era and how alone she felt during that time. And there's a really great documentary called Lena Horne in her own voice that came out when she was in her 80s. My God. Even then, she looked amazing. And she, you know, she had all of these stories. Mm. Yeah. To, To watch her talk about them. It was tough. You know, at first you, you're like, really? She talks about how I guess she was going to do showboat and they wouldn't let her. So they took her good friend, Ava Gardner, put dark makeup on her, dubbed her voice with someone else's and she played the role that originally she was going to play. Yeah. Says, um, Hollywood. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And now, you know, things are changing. And I think, you know, it's important with this podcast that I give everyone their due is that everyone is represented within this um yeah black cinema black cinema i mean if we're gonna go far we're gonna go from you know the beginning the the silent films to um you know shaft shaft you know shaft is that's an interesting 
interesting story right there because it was directed by a photographer. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Shaft Shaft was the iconic movie. I mean, the, the theme song. Come on, Isaac Hayes. Yeah. It was remade many times, but nothing beats the 1971 film starring Richard Roundtree, directed by Gordon Parks. Gordon Parks was an American photographer, musician, writer, and film director who became prominent in the U.S. documentary photojournalism in the 1940s through the 1970s, particularly in issues of civil rights, poverty, and African Americans. And in Glamour of photography. Parks was one of the first African American to produce and direct major motion pictures, developing films relating the experience of slaves and struggling black Americans, and creating the black exploitation genre. Is best remembered for his iconic photos of poor Americans during the 1940s. And as the director of the 1971 film Shaft. Mm. Yeah. Right there. Hollywood. What happened to you? What happened to you? But as I was I was telling a story that was told on TCM. A very great story. And if I can find it. You know, when things like that are told, you know, you want to preserve them. And talking about... Lena, you know, Lena Horne is was such an amazing, iconic. Ah, I think th- is this it? No, it's this right here. Here we go. Get ready. I think that you know Ruby D, this great uh, African American actress, said to me on more than one occasion. You know, talking about Hattie Daniels' performance, she's coming from a real place. And the thing is, again, the context in which we see her. We don't know where she, where she goes when she leaves Scarlett's side. We don't know her relationship with other black characters. None of that is explained to us. But she carries with her this toughness. She's got that big sonic boom of a voice. Yes, she does. So you know when she speaks that she was born to give orders, not to take them. And this is the feeling she herself has. And she is able, she's strong enough that we're with her as the film goes along, even though we feel there is much we're not told. And she's very moving at the end, I mean, towards the end with you know all the tragedies that, that mount. And, and you see her range as an actress. And I do think she deserved that Oscar. Yeah. And she always was very quick to rebut the criticism that she should have been hesitant to play such a stereotypical role. Yes. yes. You know, she was an ambitious actress. This was the big role for a black woman at that time. Uh, she wanted it, and then she had to defend it. Yeah. And she was put into a difficult uh, position in that respect. Because um, she didn't want to alienate Selznick or the Hollywood community. Sure, she wanted to keep working. But I'll tell you something interesting about her. Lena Horne 
when she went to Hollywood. Love Lena Horne. And Lena Horne was ushering in a new image of African Americans, mm -hmm. composed, poised. Um, and some within the black community were sort of resentful of Lena Horne, that they might not get work if Hollywood really changed. And Hattie McDaniel invited Lena Horne to her home. And Lena Horne said that Hattie McDaniel was her great defender. And she said that McDaniel's home was, uh, Lena Horne said this, it was exquisite. And she said that Hattie McDaniel told her that on screen she was a mammy, but in her own home, she was Hattie McDaniel. So she had a sense of this, that she was not gonna be this other person, um, you know, in her own home and in a sense with her community, but she did defend her role. Donald, great stuff. Thank you for for, uh, for talking about it. we got much more to come. Okay. Up next, a look at how slavery was portrayed on screen during the silent era in an adaptation of Harriet Beecher Stowe's Uncle Tom's Cat. Isn't that interesting? Um, the author, I want to make sure I get his name right. Thank you for, for, uh, for talking about it. we got much more to come. Okay. Up next, a look at how slavery was portrayed on screen Okay. Yeah, that is an interesting. I love conversations like that. Mm. Yeah, to talk about the relationship between Hattie McDaniel. Yeah, Donald Bogle, um, author in the highly acclaimed book. He did a book on Dorothy Dandridge, uh, the book, the TCM Black Stars, Black Film. Um, I love, I love, just love the knowledge that he has. And, you know, yeah, that's amazing. Check him out. Check him out. Google him. We're going to talk more about Donald Bogle and his books on the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast for the month of February. This is Black History Month, Black Film, Black Cinema. I talk about all forms of cinema all year long and, and music too sometimes. So um, you can also catch me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If I can, well, I no, I'm not going to say. But I'm on Instagram. I'm on mainly just listen to the podcast. The podcast is amazing. Okay. I hope you all enjoy it. And as always, unpleasant dreams. <laughs>